This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There's a place for you here. For information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. A reading from Daniel. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from his presence. A thousand thousands served him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood attending him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient One and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. Holy wisdom, holy word. Our second reading this morning is from the book of Revelation. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Holy wisdom, holy word. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 18th chapter. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. 
For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. As some of you already know, I grew up in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is not, let's just say it's not the center of the world. It is a county seat. Its sole claim is to have a university there. It's surrounded by soybeans and corn. It's not a place where one grows up with terribly ambitious dreams. It's where one grows up with a modest view of life and a modest view of destiny. Our expectations would seldom rise higher than the corn itself. I did not have a large family. I had a brother, a sister, parents. But as far as extended family, I only had one grandmother on my father's side who lived in Pennsylvania and one grandfather on my mother's side who lived in Clear Lake, Iowa. We'd see them maybe once a year. So there wasn't just a whole lot to feed my curiosity about just who I was. My grandfather came to live with us toward the end, but he was not a terribly open or talkative man. There weren't a whole lot of answers to be had through him as far as the family When he passed away, my parents had to go to Clear Lake, Iowa to settle affairs there, and they took us with them. As my parents went through the house, went to the various banks and things in town to try to take care of those thousand loose ends that are left when someone passes away, I went to the same place that I would always go in my grandfather's house, a house that was not really made for grandchildren. There really weren't any toys, there really weren't any games, but there was this old desk on the landing upstairs that had gradually over the years collected all that stuff that settles into drawers over the course of a lifetime. All of those pens and matchbox, ma- matchboxes that came from various bars and restaurants, the magnifying glass that my, that, my father u- that my grandfather used toward the end to read his mail, this wonderful letter opener that looked like a saber, a pair of broken reading glasses, an abacus, 
all these strange little things collected over the years by a man who at least by this desk seemed to be a little more interesting than he had presented himself at home. One of the things I found in there was a piece of paper lettered in ornate handwritten calligraphy that was a family tree and that traced our ancestry back through the centuries. My grandfather's name was Robert Burns, and so I suppose it shouldn't have been that surprising to me that there, back through the ancestry, I discovered the name Robert Burns, the same one that gave us that ridiculous song that we sing every New Year's Eve, let old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind. Let old acquaintance be forgotten, days of old lang syne. That same song that sent us all to the dictionary trying to figure out what a lang syne was. But I learned that he was a great poet. That there were books in libraries written by him. And going down further, I discovered that the Burns clan in Scotland was a subset of the Campbell clan. And through that clan, we were related to Robert Bruce. Robert the Bruce. King Robert the Bruce. One of the illuminaries, one of the brightest lights of Scottish history. And all of a sudden, this Midwestern kid who was called Monkey Boy by his classmates because of rather prominent ears and a remarkable ability to climb a rope. All of a sudden, this kid who had not yet come into that growth spurt that I was desperately praying for, all of a sudden, this kid whose voice had not yet dropped discovered that I had royal blood flowing through me. I showed it to my parents and they seemed less impressed than I was. Perhaps it was the ornateness of the document and there at the bottom was a royal seal, the seal of the house of Bruce. There Taped to it was a piece of tartan. My clan. I've since learned that back in the 20s and 30s, there was a fad to discover one's ancestry, not unlike what we are going through now. And there were companies that would help you do that. They would research it and then send you back one of these family trees. That kind of like those who believe reincarnation had a remarkable ability to ferret out all those 
brave and good and powerful and wealthy and well-known individuals. Isn't it funny that we're never reincarnated from those losers, those jerks and petty thieves that make up most of the people that we see? But back then, it was that mere rumor of royalty that helped this gawky teenager make it through that period of time when I was most questioning who I was and what I was worth. I was the descendant of a great poet. I was a descendant of Robert the Bruce. And because of that, I held my head a little higher. And I looked around at those locker room jerks who wanted to constantly remind me where I fit in the pecking order. And I would think, if only you knew. Going through life, I suppose... High school isn't the only time we question who we are. We spend a lot of time going through life wondering just where we fit and what our value is. A broken marriage will make us question just how desirable or valued we are by others. The loss of a job will make us wonder if we have any talent, if we have any real ability. Awkward social encounters make us feel small, alone. And you can see what that does to people. You can see people's spirits close up within them, sometimes physically, in the way that they walk, in the way that they carry themselves and their propensity to look downward. That sense of self-worth has a tyrannical power over us to determine who we think we are. But into each one of our lives comes this rumor of royalty. This rumor that is spoken over us at our baptism, where in one way, shape, or form, the words get spoken over us, pour out your Holy Spirit so that those baptized at this font may be given new life. Wash away the sins of all who are cleansed by this water and bring them forth as inheritors of your glorious kingdom. Martin Luther was allergic to the idea of kneeling at communion. He said it went against the spirit of who we are. We are not slaves in the household who come begging for scraps from the table. We are princes and princesses. We are royal heirs who come not begging but come to demand our right as inheritors of the kingdom. We are called into the royal household by our ruler.
But do we believe it? It can be a hard thing to believe. Especially when this king shows a propensity to not look very kingly. When this one over whom the prophets proclaim a royal birth, this one over whom the angels will sing, this one to whom the three kings will come and present their homage, will then go out and rather than gathering around him his royal court, will gather around all these misfits and sinners, all these broken people, and the ones in his inner court he will demand not to receive tribute but to give away what they have. And he will demand not to be served but to serve others. He will make such a strange image of kingship that finally those who follow him will turn on him and give up on the dream. He'll be arrested, convicted, crucified, and over his head will be nailed that plaque with the mocking words, this is your king. And his followers will be left with that question while they wait through those long hours that Jesus lies in the tomb. And here, at the end of the church year, we are about to enter into this period of waiting again. Waiting for the coming of our king. Waiting to see just who this king will be and what kind of royal kingdom have we been called into? And we will wait along with those disciples through that terrible night until Easter morning where we will find out just how much truth there is in that claim to kingship. And in our own claim, therefore, to be inheritors of that kingdom and to be royalty ourselves. But we're not there yet. Now we will begin to hear those distant echoes of those who proclaim the coming of our king who will come not in glory but as a small child born in Bethlehem, the spawning ground of kings, surrounded by nothing but the hopeful, surrounded by us. Amen.